I remember when I was on dial-up modem still, and and I would get like I would top out at like five kilobytes a second. Do you remember that? Were you alive back I, then? I was alive. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I had but no not, reason. But not for downloading songs on LimeWire. <laughs> I do remember LimeWire, and I do remember downloading songs on LimeWire. But it was like. It was like, uh, hey, do this thing, download these five, and then you just walk away all night, and you come <laughs> back later, and it's like, cool, it's done. But I, I never sat there to see how long it took. Rookie mistake. Oh man, oh yeah, no, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta experience it. You gotta sit there with like your bloodshot eyes glued <laughs> to the screen, like watching the progress bar tick up like one pixel at a time. Yeah, that's the that's and the then, real. And then That's once the it's finally experience. all downloaded, you go to listen to it, and it's like some crappy version. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's like a, it's like a like half quality version or whatever. Y- yeah. <laughs> Somebody's like awful compression. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Good those times. were the days. Those were the days. Those were the days. Anyway, uh, now, now we stream stuff at like a megabyte a second. Easy breezy. Easy breezy. Yeah. Uh, lemon squeezy, as they say. <laughs> Indeed. I think, yeah, most of them say that. Welcome to Nerd Critic, a podcast about big movies you can watch alone at home. From the dual perspective of critical nerdiness, my name is CJ. And I am Jordan. CJ here is our resident nerd and cutter offer of the banter. And Jordan here is our credentialed critic who has opened almost every episode for the past several episodes. And so I just wanted a shot at it. So I just jumped right in. <laughs> you got to take what you take what you want, CJ. <laughs> yes. You got to you got to know what you want. You got to take it. So I'm proud of you. Also, I don't know if you noticed, but I really emphasize the watch alone at home part of our opening yes. right now. Because yes. the movie that we're talking about, which is The Lovebirds, I did indeed watch alone at home on my phone. <laughs> well, I'll be curious to hear what that experience was like. Um, <laughs> do you think that it improved or not improved? Diminished? Um, your experience. Uh, I'm not sure it affected my experience hardly at all. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I have a feeling that's almost a spoiler for a later section, so we will <laughs> Prob- move, al- move right along. Um, uh, I watched this movie. I was pretty excited about it. I uh, I got my wife to watch it with me on our laptop on my laptop in bed. Uh, once again, laundry was involved in the folding of laundry. Once again, Carly did all of the folding <laughs> because I was trying to pay attention to this movie um so uh yeah that's the context uh pretty pretty depressing but we're gonna keep you know it's our one i think this is our one way of acknowledging every week that we are trapped in our homes we are desperate there's a pandemic going on and that we are absolutely desperate for the theaters to reopen. Yeah. And um and I know, you know, there's lots and lots of stuff that goes along with that and I'm not, you know, suggesting that anyone's made a, a wrong decision by keeping the, the theaters closed. I recognize that, but like just emotionally, ugh, I so badly want and the this theaters was, open again. And this was in uh, a movie that was supposed to come out in the theaters. It was planned. Yeah, it was absolutely. ready. It had a release slate. We were going to cover it. 
back yeah. when it was in the theaters, and then it got pulled, and then Netflix decided to swoop in and give it to us. Yep, yep, so. they did. So this movie was directed by Michael Showalter, who has some TV episodes um, credit his is credited with some TV episodes on IMDb. Um, but his calling card up to this point is probably The Big Sick, also starring Kumail Nanjiani. Um, so that makes sense. The it was written by. Aaron Abrams and Brendan Gall. Aaron Abrams is a TV actor with very few writing credits, but quite a few TV credits. Um, and Brendan Gall uh, has written uh, quite a bit of TV, including a couple of shows that Aaron Abrams starred in. So okay. that's all I'll say about that for now. Um, and it has a story by credit from uh, Martin Martin Gero or Giro. Um, I'm not gonna that doesn't matter because <laughs> story story by credits you know it it either can mean a lot or nothing um and it's impossible to say so i'm not going to talk about it but yeah the screen the the um story by credits and screenplay by credits um they both went to aaron abrams and brendan gall um and above the line in the cast we have Issa ray as leilani kumail nanjani as jabron um paul sparks plays only known as Mustache. Sure. And uh, then we've got Anna Camp as Edie. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much it. I feel like everybody else who appears doesn't really appear. So I think we can stick with that. Yeah, what's interesting is uh, there were multiple people. I think there were three just side characters that all came from a, t- a canceled NBC TV show called Perfect Harmony. So I didn't look into it, but I do wonder if Aaron Abrams or Brandon Gall were had anything to do it, it, it kind of felt like it was it was the same kind of humor and it was the same kind of uh feeling and tone as that tv show was so i'm assuming that you i'm assuming that you watched that show and that's why you know uh i did yeah yeah <laughs> and, it, and yeah i i watched that show um and it was canceled which wasn't incredibly surprising what is surprising is that so many of them ended up in a in a full feature uh, that felt the same as a canceled TV show. Anyway, <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> okay, uh, looking forward to getting there. Um, so let's let's uh, let's review. Let's do a high level spoiler free review of this movie. Um, and uh, I I want to. I'll start it off. I want to let you start. I want to let you start, CJ. The humor in this show kind of, the humor in this movie kind of felt like a canceled comedy TV show. Okay. Uh, That's, that's, that's pretty much what I'll lead with. It felt like, um, okay. So there's a lot of heart in this movie and that has a lot of good things that it's hitting on, uh, that I want, that I will highlight that I will give credit to, uh, I want to say the director because this is his second time doing, having these strengths, but for the most for the most part, it felt like a, Hey, our two lead comedy actors go ahead and riff for a minute and, We'll see what we can keep in the movie. And then they did, and they kept everything. So it just <laughs> ended up being a minute of, like, riffing that just got boring. And I don't know. It just was okay, It was well, that, a lot that, of that. That was basically my – that's basically my review. I have I have a theory about – well, for, for one, I want to say I agree. I think that there was some heart in here. 
I don't know whether the heart that was in this movie was worth sitting through 90 minutes of it, but like, yeah, I, and, and I, I wouldn't actually, I don't know if I'd agree with you in crediting the director. I feel like Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjiani are such strong presences that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that most of the strength of this movie, you, you probably should credit to them. I don't know. I you think I, so. I, the only reason yeah. I would give it to the credit to the, to the director is because there were similar strengths in the big sick. And they were more significant in the Big Sick. The Big Sick's a better, better movie, but uh, the kind of the well, relationship the also, heart is kind yeah. of feels the same. Sure, but I mean that was also I mean Kumail Nanjiani yeah. wrote the Big Sick, <laughs> so so yeah. maybe it goes to him. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so my theory about what happened here is that these two screenwriters, uh, Brendan and Aaron. Um, you know, not they, they're not the directors, but they're the writers, and they had they had this good idea. And you know, I think they probably were friends before this, at least to some degree. And they had this great idea for a high concept comedy about two people going through a breakup, and they wind up being involved in a grisly murder, and they believe they have to solve the case in order to prove their innocence. And that's a pretty good pitch. And so it got attached to who knows who came first, maybe Issa Rae, maybe Kumail Nanjani, um, probably in connection with Michael Showalter, because Michael Showalter and Kumail Nanjani were both involved in The Big Sick. Um, anyway, if you package all of them together, that's a pretty that's a pretty easy package to sell. Oh, so totally. as they develop as developing the script, they probably maybe thought, hey, we'll just get Issa Rae and Kumail Nanjani to jam for a little bit in every one of these scenes, <laughs> and there's your movie. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like, and that's and that really is what it felt like. It felt like a you know, I think you're you're pretty pretty right on with like the the idea of a canceled TV show. It felt very, uh, it felt very low budget in terms of like the way that it was produced. And in, in terms like you know, I'm not talking about anything that was on the screen or or any or any of the set pieces, but just like it, well, they, there weren't very many set pieces. It wasn't it wasn't like an action movie. Um, but just the fact that we we sat in so many scenes for such a long time just to watch only partly successful improv yeah. um and it's and and it would be unfair to blame um either Issa Rae or Kumail for for those for any of the failure in those scenes because uh you can't expect any improvers to get up and give you a hundred percent funny all the time from start to finish that totally. fits perfectly within the whole movie that's not what their job is so um anyway we'll get into more of that later but I think that the, you know these two people are really like the, the leads are really strong. I really love them. I thought they had pretty good chemistry. Um, but uh, overall, um, I just I don't think this is a movie that's worth watching. Like, I'm not going to suggest that anybody goes and takes time out of their day to watch this movie. Uh, I, w- I would agree with you. I do think I can see, like, a whole set of people that will watch it and have a really good time because if you're not uh, – if, if your eye is not trained to see – you know, what could uh, have been improved. I think that the heart will shine through to the, uh, the uh, I don't want to say uneducated, but the unrefined eye probably more than uh, than we realize. Maybe. Um, yeah. But, Maybe. I, but, but, from, from, but if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, hopefully you do have that refined eye, and we can say go watch The Big Sick instead. <laughs> yes. Um, so... Uh, I'd like to start nerding out now and start spoiling things. Okay. Um, but it, you know, you 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 put a note in here that I'm seeing right now um, about where it opens, but you're wrong. It doesn't open with a heated argument. 
Well, and actually, it, this is something I wish that I had written. Uh, it opens with the with them falling. It opens. It opens with them falling for each other on their like first date. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. It, like it's it's the what I actually really love where they where they chose to start the movie. I I love the whole opening actually. They they start in this restaurant. It's it's like it's like post meet cute, which is really clever and unexpected and like a really nice inventive way to to launch uh, this, this story and this relationship. So like post meet cute, we get to see really the best parts, you know, and then. Uh, and then and then it cuts directly to four years later, and then we see this heated argument yeah. so, um, over nothing, yeah, or so, seemingly and, nothing. And, and yeah, so it seems so. The, what I put uh, in, I, I love that we fall into a heated argument. I probably it's it's more effective because you open with them. You know, and it's adorable, and their chemistry is really good. And then it says four years later, and then they're in a heated argument. And my mind was like, okay, here we go. Yes, relationships (laughs) are difficult, and you don't like each other anymore. We get it. But then as the heated argument goes on, you're like, wait, what are they talking about? And then finally, Kumail's character um, says, you really think that we would win the amazing race? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, I, yeah. and it, was, it was a really good, I was laughing pretty hard because there are absolutely times that like in, you know, four years into a relationship where you argue about the most random crap. Now, it turned out to be somewhat disappointing because they did end up falling into the trope of this no longer works and all of that. But well, I, I like where, where like the fact that they had a start on something that is seemingly so trivial. Um, I, I like that too. I, I would say... I would say I like I like the back and forth. I like that you start out thinking it's a little bit tropey, like oh yeah, they're at each other's throats. It's never easy, ball. And then it turns out to be this really trivial, trivial, trivial argument. What is the matter with me? Um, so uh, I like that. I like that from that triviality, you get more chemistry. So it's it, the 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 back and forth is actually fun. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel really earnest or cutting. It feels it feels like sort of lived in frustration, totally. um, but without, but not without affection, which is really nice. So, and so I would say, hard to get to. Th- yeah. Like really the fact hard that to those get to. two actors were able to find that balance is. Oh, it's real. Great. Impressive. It's great. It's really, really great. To them, and the acting. Absolutely. And to get there. Oh yeah. They totally nailed it. And all those scenes were constructed really, really well. And um, I, I, you know, we're, I'm going to stick with the, I'm going to stick with the nerding out for now and just say, I really, I really love the opening scenes of this movie. And I loved that it, I love that it transitioned from that, that kind of, that kind of very sophisticated, realistic, authentic feeling banter between somewhat disagreeable or disagreeing, uh, you know, significant others um to to what was real so i i actually liked the way that it progressed into what ended up being a breakup um that you know every single one of their trivial arguments sort of had a hidden barb of truth yeah Yeah. that and eventually those things started to come out and they realized in you know it it escalated it was a good escalation a, a dramatic escalation that was that was subtle subtle enough to not take you by surprise necessarily but to feel authentic so that when they yeah. get to the point where they're where they say is this done you it, it landed for me i was like I, I it feel totally this. landed I feel this. yeah because it because it escalated slowly like 
those hidden me, those hidden barbs that you were talking about slowly get come up to the surface, and it like it they finally are revealed um, when uh, when he says I don't want to be with someone so shallow, and she bites back and says I don't want to be with someone so satisfied with being a failure. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it's silent. I was like, and oh, they're like, oh, they're both yeah. they the everything that they're both saying implies that thing they just said. The whole yeah. the whole opening that's what they were actually saying. Yeah, yeah, really, and that's really good relationship writing. Um, and uh, I'm gonna go on to say that I really loved the inciting incident, the carjacking, the murder. <laughs> uh, I thought that whole thing was way better than the preview, even. And yeah. I thought, I mean, I thought it was really. Fun. I was like, that was the reason I was excited for this movie. Is like the preview, like really did that scene well. And then in the movie, it was like even better. So yeah. great, great, awesome, super fun. Uh, really love it. And uh, and I'm a big fan of Paul Sparks too. Like he's not necessarily in the movie a lot as the mustachioed villain, um, but uh, he's. <laughs> But he's 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 a good actor, and I've 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 seen him, and he he's actually in a number of Jeff Nichols movies. Um, I think he's a, he's he doesn't he doesn't ever really play a comedic actor. He always plays a serious person. But in this, it was a really it was a really fitting choice. So uh, you know, props to the casting director, um, and props to him. So yeah, want to give props where they're due, CJ. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. Um, I want to end my nerding out with the. I just want to kind of highlight the heart that we were talking about. Um, just the, there were, there were three scenes, uh, one of them we already talked about, but three things that really, really illustrated, uh, that the heart of this movie was entirely about their relationship and them discovering things about themselves and about relationships in general. The first scene was the, when they dig at each other and when they actually break up and Mm -hmm. how you could feel that and how it's like the person that's the closest to you is the person that can hurt you the most because they know where you're the most vulnerable. And so when it leads up to them finally saying those things, this is like a real relationship moment. Uh, And then at the dinner party, when, uh, when they discover that like no relationship is perfect, right? Like, um, uh, Leilani is talking to, uh, her friend. It's like, no, you guys, you guys are awesome. You have a great relationship. You have sex all the time. And she's like, like, no, that's entirely on social media. That's just a front. And then she realizes, oh, everybody has issues. Maybe that's not just us. But the problem is that everyone is trying to say that they don't when they actually do. Uh, And then the big one, which is related, is the probably the most universal truth that I saw this movie talk about, which is essentially everybody thinks that everybody else has their crap figured out and they're the (laughs) only one who's actually faking it. And it came up multiple times in the movie and it was like those kind of universal truths for individuals and for relationships that kept on popping up were just like little flowers inside of the weeds of the bad movie that made it so <laughs> that made it occasionally pretty to watch and uh, and it got me through it. So I I really appreciated those kind of those kind of moments. Well great. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that summary. Um, but let's let's talk about some of those weeds, CJ. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about it. There's quite a few weeds. I want to I want to kick this off by saying um, it's not very funny, which is too bad for a comedy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, this is 
This is one of those classic uh, comedies that people people who don't like comedies or claim not to like comedies, this is the kind of movie that they think of when they think they don't like comedies. Um, it's because these, these are the kinds of movies I think of when I say it's difficult to make a good comedy. <laughs> yes, amen to that. Um, it's it, this this movie never fails to feel like it's trying really hard to be funny. Yeah. Um, and that is, that is a really, I mean, at one point toward the end, um, my wife said, man, every scene is just so heavy with failed jokes. And I was like, that is the exact, that is the exact right way to describe it. Yeah. It, it, it feels exhausting to watch this movie because you feel the effort almost all the way through and yeah. you just don't you just want them to stop trying. It's just so bad. I, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This this so th- it seems that this happened this is happening more and more. I see I see it happen more and more where cuz this movie for me um was just just like the movie Date Night with Tina Fey and Steve Carell. Oh, okay. I never saw that one. It was it was a very similar premise only it was Steve Carell and Tina Fey who uh who are, you know, comedy legends at this point. Sure. And you could tell that they, that movie was much more written and Tina Fey was, you know, Steve Carell coming from the office and Tina Fey writing and creating 30 Rock. They came from comedies that they wrote themselves. And so that right. movie had written in jokes and then the occasional improv and you could see that. Um, right, right, right. But like when you have stand-up comedians, I'm seeing this like in Kevin Hart movies all the mm. time. You just see Kevin Hart. It, you can tell it's just like, hey, Kevin Hart, go ahead and riff, and then he just riffs, yeah. and it's like he'll try and drop ten jokes in a sixty-second increment, and then you just maybe two of them land, and it's yeah. And so it just feels exhausting. Same thing I happened f- here. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like this movie really needed two things. It needed. Um, and, and I'm going to say these actually out of order. So the first thing is that it needed better evidence, better editing. So nearly ever, every scene, there was at least two or three jokes that didn't work out of four or five jokes. Right. Yeah. But there was usually one that did and a better edit would have cut everything that didn't work and just left in the things that worked, which would have dramatically improved the pace and it would have spiked the laughs per minute, which is like what you need out of a movie like this. Also, um, potentially would have made it a TV show and not a movie. Well, well yes. And so the, the, the second issue um, is that if they had done that, it would have been far shorter than an yeah. hour. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and so it would have, it, yeah. And so the second thing it needed is actually uh, way better writing and direction. So you can't, you can't, you can't leave the like you were saying, you can't leave the entire burden of humor on your leads, especially if you're, especially if your leads aren't writing the movie. You know, if you're just like you just put them into a scene, and you say, okay, this is your objective, go. Um, you know, if if they wanted to do that successfully, first they would have needed a better plot and a better structure around the plot, um, and then they would have had to they would have had to let them. I mean, it would they would have had to have been involved with the writing process from start to finish, so that the improv they would have had to they would have had to have done a lot more improv. I mean, I have no idea how much they did. Maybe they did a lot, and we saw the best of the. I, I doubt it, though. I think that. I, I just don't think that they spent the time that they needed. You know, I've, I, I've referenced this before. I don't know how many times I've talked about it in the show, but um, uh, I went to a Q&A of um, uh, Neighbors 2. Um, we, we did, we watched the movie and then stayed for the Q&A. And um, 
and I was blown away by how much time they spent on that movie. And it's a very funny movie. But what they did is they wrote they wrote it to death. So they wrote tons and tons and tons and tons of material, most of which they threw out. So they only kept the best of what they wrote. And then when they went to shoot, they shot way more material material than they wrote. And they threw most of that away too. So what you're left with is just really all of the comedy gold that they were able to mine in that long development yeah. and production process. That's interesting. And that is not the sense that you get here. And regardless of what the actual production pr- process looked like for this movie, um, or was for this movie, what it looks like is they showed up, riffed for a little while in every scene, and then called it a day, right? And that it, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And so, you know, most m- most of the time, it just feel it just feels labored. And I refuse to blame Issa Rae and Kumail Anjani for this because those are they're both really good comedic actors. They're probably also pretty good improvers. But like, you don't. You cannot expect your two leads to just make your movie for you. And that's kind of what it felt like this movie was trying to do. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm also worried about um, it's only really been two in a row with uh, Uber and then this one. But I don't want Kumail Nanjiani to only get the uh, fish, uh, regular dude in a heightened fish out situation. Of water. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't want it yeah. to be just that. I, I want much more from him because he is yeah. really funny. And there and when the jokes landed, um, they were really funny and they worked yeah. really well. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I and, and I could see the I could see the uh, skeletons of like this, the the bare bones of this movie being easy to sell and especially if these people are attached yeah. to it like you said it's like and like you know and they had the M, the the amazing race joke at the beginning and then that's how it ends and the google calendar joke showing up for an orgy and and that and then they <laughs> referenced it again you know so it was like the yeah. bare bones were there and i feel like it it should have worked but it just was it was a lot of you're right it was a lot of pressure on on the two leads that that shouldn't have been there um, yeah. Very I, labored. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 uh, I hope to see better and more from from both of the leads in this movie because they are both really funny, and it could have been really funny if they spent more time on it. I want to. I want to point out one more kind of overall problem that popped up a lot, and then I have one example that I can point to specifically, and it's actually it's good. It's it's that dinner party you referred to earlier. Um, which I think the dinner party is a really good sort of reference point to unpack the both the strengths and the weaknesses of this movie because, um, you know, what whenever they were in the relationship zone, it this movie worked pretty well. Um, they they were good they they were good grounded characters. I believed them. I liked them. I liked their relationship. I wanted. I was pulling for them. Um, and and the the. Uh, progression of that plot line of their relationship worked pretty well um it didn't actually seem tied much to the conflict that they no, were going to through not, yeah. that's it felt like a, it felt like a totally separate issue a totally separate movie um and so so there was that huge problem and then the comedy itself which was often based on the plot that didn't feel attached to their characters um wasn't grounded in anything um, because the plot wasn't very good, because it wasn't handled with any sophistication, because the characters didn't ever f- really feel attached to the stakes that we had been uh, that would be in, that, that we had been shown in the plot, um, every joke felt like 
uh, like a punchline of a wouldn't it be funny if exercise, you know, it just it, it it's just not funny to watch that. And so, for instance, at the dinner party, right, they show up and not one single element of that whole sequence that was about the plot of them getting, you know, uh, what was it? He, he they needed to the break into unlocked. the phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the pl- that was the plot football. Like we need to get this phone un- unlocked so we can get the next clue. Right. Very, very, very simple. And, you know, if handled well, could be great, could be effective. But instead they show up. Not one single thing they do or say is at all believable. It seems very much like a sketch, like a short, dumb sketch that mm. wouldn't even really be funny on its own. And then for some reason, everybody at the dinner party is like, OK, yeah, sure. That makes sense. And then the and the and the plot moves forward because it it needs to. So it seems like we, along with their friends, are watching up this belabored improv sketch. And then when it's over, the friends just say the required lines to advance the plot, and then we move into the next scene. Like th- this is not that. Like what is that? Like nobody wants to watch that. That's not. That's n- there's nothing that I that that is. There's nothing to show up for there, you know. Yeah. Um. It's that's that is comedy done devastatingly wrong. <laughs> like, that is somebody who doesn't seem to understand comedy at all. Writing comedy, um, like very very bad, very very bad. Um. It would have been, it would have been funny if they had found a way to try to take this absurd situation and make and really actually put it in the quote unquote real world. But they didn't even try. They didn't even try. They just gave us sort of like a bunch of hamming improv, and then you just advance through the scene like like you're playing a video game. You know, it's yeah. Like it, you, pr- it, it, you press next, and you go on to the next thing. Yeah, it did feel like they had um, A and C, and needed to figure out a B scene, and they just kind of were like, yeah, then this, and then this, and then this, and now we move on. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Was it was, but it was it did lay. The heart, that scene specifically did lay the the heart groundwork, uh, but but because they were so separate, like you were saying, because they felt so separate, one part of that scene can be good while the other one is so terrible because they don't seem to coincide in any way. Yeah, yeah, they aren't living. They aren't. They aren't the same movie, really. Um. Yeah, it's just it was it was really unfortunate because like I can see once again the concept is really good, you know. And I even like I have to say just back to back to stuff I liked. I liked that I mean, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when they re- <laughs> is when the detective says like we never what we what are you yeah. talking oh, about? Yeah. We never suspects. Totally. We know we know the whole thing that happened. Love like we that. saw we have it on we have it on the traffic cameras. Like great. What a great moment. I wish that it hadn't come after so much like unfunny material and i also wish that that after that there was more funny material (laughs) because it was like like the concept is so good but it just there was very little in there that felt grounded or 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 believable or interesting in a way that would make it really 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 funny i think you know to go back to another example you know you mentioned date night which i haven't seen but i'm also thinking of game night oh sure totally which was hysterical love that and it's partly because um, it's a larger cast filling a more diverse set of roles. So there's there's just more going on and more to do. But like every single moment in that movie, every single uh, raising of the stakes was tied to the comedy and tied to the characters. Like they were all sutured together so closely that like you couldn't you couldn't uh, 
like you couldn't get rid of any one of them or the others wouldn't work. Like they they had they they cooperated together so beautifully. That's why the comedy worked so well because it was perfectly tied into the stakes and the characters. That- and that that movie was perfect. That's a that's a re- that's a really good. I want to go back and watch Game Night and see how they did that because that that's a really good uh, observation that I am going to be thinking about. Because Game Night, you're right. Everything, every single thing in Game Night is woven together, and it's what makes the ending so satisfying too. Was yeah. that every everything that you saw, comedy or not, um, it was advancing the plot in one way or another. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, and it was an over the top. Over the top, oh, of absurd, course. crazy ending, and you and you just you're just in it. You're yeah. like, yeah, absolutely, it's great. Yeah. Um. And I just, yeah, it, like I wanted that quality of plotting and writing for this movie and these actors. I feel yeah. like they deserved it, and it's they didn't get it. I agree. Anyway, um. So, uh, don't you know? Don't go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> go rewatch Game Night. I'm gonna go watch Date Night and see if I like it any better. I don't know. Uh, I, um, if I were to rank those, I would put Game Night one, Date Night two, this one three. So don't okay, like well. think that it's a Game Night. Go, everyone, go watch Game Night for one part of the 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 this movie, and then go watch The Big Sick for the other part. <laughs> yes, agreed. Agreed. Go watch The Big Sick if you haven't seen it. It's great. It's great. Um, and it's way, and you know, frankly, way funnier. Just hugely funnier. And it's not even technically a comedy. It's like, it's a romantic comedy, but it's like more of a romantic drama than it is a romantic comedy. And it's way funnier than this movie. Totally. Anyway, so uh, go Issa Rae, go Kumail Anjani. Um but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do in the future. I will not be returning to this film. I agree. Um, okay, so uh, next week, down. It's time for business, EJ. It's time for business. Let's do it. Uh, next and uh, next week we have. Uh, what were you gonna say? Uh, Sorry. No, I was just gonna jump into business. Uh, which oh. <laughs> which is which because I'm actually really excited about the about our next episode uh, because not only because of what the movie is but also why it's on our schedule. Oh my gosh, um, it's so exciting! It's so exciting. I, you know, I I like I like want to I want to tell everyone, but I'll let you tell everyone. Okay. Because okay. Because you because you're the one who told me, so okay. you you really you deserve uh, to tell everyone. So we uh, are going to be covering uh, the movie Edge of Seventeen, uh, which is a wonderful movie, uh, and the reason we're going to be covering it is because we had uh, a listener, a regular nerd critic, if you will, uh, send us an audio uh, request to do this movie, and she is from Japan. Uh, and she, uh, we emailed back and forth and she was just delightful. So I'm excited to cover this movie. I'm excited for everybody to hear the audio clip that she sent in and to talk about a great movie. It should be a good episode. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, the, uh, Friday afterward, we will be covering another, um, an- another streaming original. Um, we're going to be covering the two popes on Netflix. Um, so, and, and apologies also for, such heavy representation of Netflix, but it turns out they have been doing this film production thing um, for longer than any other streaming platform. So there's just more material on Netflix to cover in this, in this time of streaming movies. So next week it'll be the two popes. um, And uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, I highly, highly recommend it. It was, 
an Oscar nominated uh, movie last year for good reasons. Really, really excellent. Um, and I'm super looking forward to talking about it. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it too. I have not seen it yet. Uh, but, uh, we have a regular listener that just loves this movie. So, um, I'm really excited to talk about it because I respect their and your opinion, Jordan. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you on behalf of myself and thank you on behalf of that person. Um, also <laughs> just as qu- just a quick note, the edge of 17 is, is available to watch on Netflix right now as well. So you can, you can, you can, uh, prepare yourself for next week's nerd critic episodes, uh, on Netflix exclusively with no problem at all. So you're welcome. Yes, and if you have a show that you want us to cover, just get out your phone, go to voice memos, record yourself saying, hey, what's up, guys? I want you to cover this movie. Tell us why you want us to cover that movie, why you do enjoy or don't enjoy that movie. I don't know why you would ask us to cover a movie you don't enjoy, but hey, I'm sure you exist out there. We'll do it. Um, And then email it to me, uh, CJ at Real Contender. And uh, I will definitely email back and we can have just a pleasant conversation and we'll do an episode and throw you in it. Absolutely. And with that, I think we are finished with this episode. So I would like to, on behalf of both CJ and I, thank Mr. Michael Bonner for the outro music. And please, everyone, remember to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a nerd. And cut.